Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, Morbid Night Madness, The True Size of Countries, Injuries, Sleep Talking and Ladies Football. Now Lippy. Hello. We missed last week, didn't we? We did. (laughs) Yes, time sort of ran away a bit, didn't it? So... Mm. Apologies for that, but it was a bit, uh, bit of a frantic week. You had a lot on, and I've got the Cranley Lions Classic Car Show yes. this Sunday in a few days, and that's there's been a always a monstrous amount of organising right at the last minute, which you have to some do. very spectacular organising. I received the email today, and I was very impressed. Very good, and I did read it too. Good, I'm glad you're impressed. Excellent. Well, it's the lippy checklist is the one you want. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I read all the announcements. Very good. Very good. Some of those have changed, but let's not worry about that. So for the first time ever, we have a female commentating as well as the continuity announcer. Well. So just to break up the sounds to... of us boring men banging on about stuff. <laughs> Only slightly boring. Anyway, so going back two weeks now. Yes, so we, two we whole had, weeks. Um, we had a bit of feedback and a few things hanging over from two weeks ago. So I had a message from Orange Marshall 2, who I'd bumped into in the local pub uh, a couple pub. of weeks ago. And uh, he's got a bit of a bee in his bonnet about um, the midnight thing as well. Mm. And uh, there's a, an advert for McDonald's that's got him more confused. And he does agree that the 12-hour clock should be scrapped, which I quite agree. Now, on that theme... There was then advert for O'Maze where they raffle off a house. Oh, actually, it's interesting when you dig into the terms of conditions because mm. I think the monthly running cost of these houses is £1,600, which sounds like rather a lot, which is why they give you oh. a chunk of cash as well. Anyway, their advert says it finishes at midnight on a certain day, but when you read the descriptions, it actually, so well, the terms and conditions, it actually says 29, 59, 59. So, so 23, you mean? It's the same thing that we had 23, yes, 23, <laughs> 59, 59. So actually, a second before midnight. So it is completely confusing. However, I then thought, let's turn to Wikipedia, because that is the font of all knowledge, let's be honest. Yes. And I was even more confused, because basically it can, be, it can mean anything. And this also this theoretical divide between one day and another. So it's not 235959 59 and 0000000. It's a slice of time that doesn't exist between the two. Yes. So I'm just more confused than ever about this. So I'm not going to ever use the phrase midnight. No, I think it's just easier to say zero hundred hours. Everyone knows what that is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, not everybody, but enough people Most do. Most people. The people that you probably liaise with. Uh, possibly, yes. But then somebody, another friend of mine, uh, got in contact and said, um, well, what about sea level then? How do you measure that? Because that's a big wobbly thing, isn't it? Yes. How do you measure it? And it's coming in and out all the time. And where do you measure it from? And I believe there is somewhere where you measure it that is actually sea level, that's acknowledged as sea level. I think it's on somewhere in the UK. But apparently they measure sea level using satellites from space. So that's how they can tell whether sea level's rising or not. So so there is a set level that sea level is at. Well, I believe there is an an old-fashioned 
point somewhere on the planet, and I think it's in the UK, that is sea level at some point during the day. Now maybe, because you take the Mediterranean for example, the the tidal drop is very yeah. little because water can't get out very easily. So there may be somewhere in the UK that's a little bit like that or somewhere else in the world. So there is Makes a point sense. which is defined as sea level. Mm. Uh, yeah, because which is how you get on a map. Otherwise the maps will have to be constantly changing with the tide. Well, I suppose they're going to have to change. If sea level is rising, then that yes. mythical point must also rise. But that wouldn't be like twice a day. <laughs> no, but that no. So it's maybe it's between mean high tide and mean low tide. I I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not a scientist and I I've got slightly bored with the conversation now. <laughs> Let's move on. Now, 2 weeks ago, I told you yes. there was a lot. There is a lot. Ago, two weeks ago, we looked at a map that had the countries of the world all sort of munged together. You know, munged? And we had a dis- munged, yeah, it's a technical term. And we had a conversation about how countries aren't as big as they appear on a flat map. Mm. Do you remember? Yes. So actually, I found a diagram that takes a flat map and then shows you the actual size of them in comparison to... Ooh. Uh, well, how big they really are. So, unsurprisingly, the countries around the equator and close to the equator, not very different, pretty close to yeah. uh, to their size. But you take, you mentioned America, but Canada, Alaska, Greenland are massive on a flat mm. map compared to their actual size. Way, way off. Uh, as is Russia and China. Yeah. Very, very different. So that was really interesting. It was great. I thought. Now, you sent me a TikTok, which is something I still don't fully understand, about an o- or showing an octopus walking on the seabed, which was used its tentacles like feet. I've never seen anything like it. It was running along the seabed, and it was a beautifully clear sea as well, which was nice to see. Um, yes, and it was it was awesome. So thank you for sending me that. I, I sent it on, but I don't know how to do it because I don't understand TikTok. <laughs> You just forward it, forwarded the message. Oh, okay. All right. Well. Have you watched The Octopus Teacher yet? No, I haven't had time. Or whatever it was called. <sighs> Tell you what, not this weekend because you're extra busy this weekend. The weekend after, watch it. No, weekend after, we're at Wayfest with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're I am coming to Anyway, we also had a discussion about, um, I think it was whether there's another Earth-like planet somewhere in the solar system. There has to be, but yes. I think it was something you brought up. Um, th- th- there is. Well, the, the scientists have spotted a planet that they think could be another Earth. And it's called Kepler-186f, which doesn't Ooh. really tip off the tongue too well. It's 500 Kepler- light what? years. Kepler-186f, 500 light years away from Earth. So it is a long, long way. Mm, so we can't fly to it yet. Uh, no, nowhere near. So 500 light years is 3 times 10 to the power of 15. So that's 3 with 15 zeros after it, miles away. Oh yeah, I can't fly there. Well, you think of the air miles. <laughs> now, if the last 10 minutes were total gibberish, that is the fault of Virgin Media who have failed to fix Lippy's internet connection. Again. It is slower than a 1995 dial-up on upload speed. It is atrocious. Virgin Media, sort it out. 
Considering Please. we're meant to be... Our, well, our download speed is like 500. It's like stupidly high, but our upload speed is like one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's dreadful. So please, will you sort it out? Because we have to do it over a mobile phone, which in this day and age is ludicrous. That is. And it messes with the upload as well. Well, our contract's up in November. We're out. Yeah, I'd certainly find somebody else. Now, where were we? Oh, yes. I think you sent me another video. I'm not sure if it was I did. Another TikTok. It was another Another TikTok. Which was very interesting. And it's about development in Saudi Arabia called The Line. Mm. which is a 500-metre-tall linear city, they call it, uh, which is 200 metres wide, so it's not very wide, and it's a very, very long one. It's 170 kilometres long, and it appears to have mirrors on either side. Why escapes me? It. I did see read something else about it. It repels, it reflects the heat from the sun, and okay. also keeps the natural beauty of the area okay that's, so you can't take you can't like see it's there because it reflects what you're on the only problem is if you're in this corridor you can't see out i don't know it's no. desert either side so there's not a great deal to look at you know once you see one bit of sand you pretty much see the lot to be honest mm. interestingly i was reading something a couple of weeks ago and we had that very hot spell in the uk Although, obviously, not as hot as yours, Screaming Tomato. So let's let's knock that one (laughs) on the head before it's even started. And they were saying how poor the UK is at building houses and um, Mm. villages, for want of a better phrase, that cope with the heat. And people on on the continent, where it generally has been hotter, are much better at designing housing estates and communes where you're less affected by the heat than we are here. I think that's probably quite true. We just slap them up with some vague identity connected with the local area, be it in half tile hung as we have here, because there was a lot of tiles made in the area. Um, but you know, in terms of the direction of the roof, for example, our roof does not slope southwards. So putting solar panels on the roofs is a bit of a non-starter. Really. Pointless, yeah. Well, not completely pointless, but it reduces the amount of time that you could have uh, be generating electricity mm. but, so, but we do have a flat roof and that's going to be the subject of some experimentation yes. anyway I'd, I'd be interested to see how this uh, the line progresses it, um, it's quite ambitious at, that, at 170 miles long yes it's also one of five that their Saudi Arabia have been looking at so I think another one is the Pentagon oh, okay so they're having a few different shapes going on. Interesting. Yeah. It reminds me, there was a TV series that you guys watched and you took pills to like regulate mood in the series. Oh, and um, then Brave New World. Think, yeah, Brave New World. It literally, when I watched it, I was like, this is a Netflix documentary. That is what this is. <laughs> oh, well, we'll dig out a bit more information about that. Now, I've got an item on my uh, notes from obviously two weeks ago about lippy injury knee. Yeah. Which presumably should be lippy knee injury, but uh, it's close enough. It was an injury knee. I injured the knee. To be fair, I feel like we need to talk about sh- to hear the horse whisperer's injury before we talk about my injury. That is very true. Yes. We yes, do, the, I think. The, the horse whisperer had a bit of an incident with the horse. Mm, uh, a large think, incident. Yeah, we think she was picking out the feet whatever that involves and we think a fly must have flown past the horse which obviously is terrifying yes 
you know, the size of the fly compared to the horse is just so gigantic. Mm-hmm. Um, he flinched and hit her in on the cheek with the uh, horseshoe, which swirled up like a well, proverbial balloon. Yeah. And um, is now, so this is two weeks later, so it's now a still fairly dark colour. Mm. And the swelling has gone down. But, so we did have a trip to A&E. Just to have a little check uh, over. Just to check it out. Um, and they x-rayed it. So we think it's okay, but we'll send the x-ray off for a bit more detailed looking. So she's had quite a wonky face for a couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, and a massive black eye. Oh, huge. I mean, huge. bigger than the one I inflicted on myself when I put a wetsuit mm. on. And I did see in one of the pictures, it looked like, you know, when you get hit in the face and you get a black eye on both sides where the bruising yes. like spreads, you could see it started to go down on the other side very, yeah, very lightly. Yeah, there was some very swelling on the bruising. other side as well. Oh, she was very lucky that A, it didn't get Chip her anything, in the break eye. Anything. Yeah, oh, yeah, break anything. Yeah, all that. Yeah, well, God, yeah. the break is bones breaking can be fixed but yeah. that's it had it so anyway so that was the horse whisperer's injury that and was. then you and, picked uh, up with i've bruised my knee basically it, i think it happened on the same day because i i hadn't known about what happened to the horse whisperer before i was set telling duck boy about what happened to me but I hadn't told you guys what had happened to me. And then the horse whisperer posted and I was like, well, now I can't whinge to my mum and dad about my injury because my injury is just, so, it's it's a just non-existent. It really hurts though. So wow. I was at my friend's house and they've got French doors. I'm looking at the wrong knee. They've got French doors. Um, That's how minor it is. Yeah. They've got French doors. One side was locked, the other side was open, and I ran out to grab my bag. We were leaving, but leaving through the front door. And as I came back in, I whacked my knee into the groove of the locked door. That Mm. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so smack right on the top of the kneecap as well. So I kind of limped into the house, said goodbye, got in the car, drove home in absolute agony. I... We had taken separate cars because we had come from different places. Went to Aldi, did a food shop, was limping around Aldi. I was like, why am I being so dramatic? But I was in so much pain. I had jeans on, so I couldn't see what it looked like. Got home and then had a little whinge to Duck Boy where I took my jeans off and had a massive, 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 at this point, massive bruise on right on the top of my kneecap with a little skin like pulled away oh yes in a line where you know when you just like catch a bit of skin too i still have the bruise it's still there but then later that day uh, horse whisperer sent her picture so i didn't feel like i could moan about mine but it i would say for me it was a bad bruise nobody's really impressed to be honest no but if it happened individually and nothing had happened to Horse Whisperer, I think people would have been more impressed. I, that's the sort of thing I do on a daily basis. I know. I do bruise like a peach as well. I've got another bruise on my other leg, which I don't know where it came from, and it really hurts and it's really tiny, but I have no idea how I did it. I think we could draw the medical section of this uh, podcast to a close now. Mm. Having said that, the next thing on the list is sleep talking incident. Oh, which God. must be you. can't be me. I don't remember it. It was me, yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, so I do sleep talk, which isn't that shocking because I talk a lot. 
anyway so like yes the odd the odd talking in my sleep isn't that shocking it normally happens in the middle of the night and it's not very regular and sometimes i'll be aware of it and kind of wake up and be like what on earth have i just said and other times duck boy in the morning will be like oh you're trying to talk to me in your sleep and i don't know what you were trying to tell me and i was like i was sleeping i don't know what i was trying to tell you either but this specific incident i think almost sent me into like mild panic and I'd gone to bed, Duck Boy had got a new Xbox, so he's been up most nights till like 2am playing on his Xbox. Okay. So he walks back into the room to come to bed, which obviously stirred me a bit, and I said something, and from my recollection, it was something about an aeroplane, but that's that's the only word I could remember. Okay. And he said, what was that? So I tried to say it again, but in trying to say it again just absolute gibberish came out and my brain I was starting to wake up a bit my brain was kind of going into a weird panic of like what on earth are you saying what are you trying to say like trying to remember what I was trying to say because it made complete sense when I said it the first time obviously to my brain it often does yes yeah and it actually got to the point where I need I had to say to Chris like don't do that again because my brain had gone into a full panic and I was feeling really like agitated about the fact that I didn't know what I was trying to say, but I was trying to say something. It was really uncomfortable for a bit. And then I fell asleep again. And then after that, he did something. And in my sleep, I said, stop doing that. It's annoying. <laughs> well, that's reasonable. Yeah. I talk a lot in my sleep, apparently, as well. Gibberish. Mm. Um, and in fact, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, a week or so ago. because We both take a, an asthma tablet called Monte Lucast, which is very, very good. Uh, it's good for... Uh, when asthma is caused by allergies. The downside is one of the side effects is very vivid dreams. Mm. And you'll, you'll get your slip from dreaming something vividly into waking up. And it's hard to know where one stops and the other one starts. Yeah. Uh, and I, there was one occasion where I thought the cat had brought a mouse into the bed, put it <laughs> on the bed. So I leapt out of bed, threw the covers over this mouse... Wife of Grumpy wakes up, goes, what are you doing? I said, it's all right, I've got it contained. It's contained. She said, what's contained? The mouse is contained. So she said, but the cat's fast asleep on the end of the bed. I went, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, very gently peeled back the mm-hmm. cover to find no mouse whatsoever. So... The, you know, the, the gap between dreaming and waking, there was none at all. It was yeah, and they, they say don't wake a sleepwalker, don't they? They say just, like, guide them back to bed. And I think that might be why, because the gap, when you're coming round, you, you're still, like, half dreaming and half awake. So your body starts moving and doing things, but in your brain you're still dreaming. So things aren't quite real enough. And you act oddly or you act instinctively rather than purposefully. Like if you had woken up, you would have looked for the mouse. You wouldn't have just attacked it. Yes, well, maybe actually, but Well, maybe not. If I thought it was on there, I would try and contain it as I, mm. as I did. Uh, there was a rumour going around that if you wake people who are sleepwalking, they'll have a heart attack. But that is, is bunker. Oh, no. I didn't know that that was it. I thought it was just that they would have a panic. Like a, they would like try and attack you because yeah. they don't know who you are in well, possi- that moment. Possibly. Oh, it's just, it's just confusion. It's, it stops them being confused. So, yes, no heart attack, but it's probably quite a good idea. Otherwise, you might get flailing arms and all sorts of yeah. poor language. <laughs> punched in the face. Of... Yes, indeed. Yes, or an absolutely. irritated person going back to sleep and telling you you're annoying. So, I finally have some good Shogun news. 
after many weeks of um, well, being quite trial and error. So when the Horse Whisperer picked the car up for the first time from Phil's Pajeros down in Southampton, when she started, she said, oh, I could hear a noise, which nobody mm. else could hear. And they had a good look underneath and they couldn't find anything. Uh, so she drove home and uh, she drove me out and said, oh, this noise. Oh, she went oh, to pick up my car from her work. No noise whatsoever. She couldn't hear it either. So I said, well, let's take it down to the workshop, get it over the pit, and we can get underneath and have a look, see if there's anything loose. Because I suspected, or maybe an exhaust rubber had gone, and there was exhaust breaking. So anyway, we're driving down there, and I actually heard it for the first time, and there was a a tapping noise. I'm thinking, hmm, doesn't sound brilliant. Anyway, Mm. so get it over the ground, have it start pushing around, and there's a plastic cover over the uh, diesel tank to protect it, and two of the bolt holes were held or two of the holes were held on by cable ties and the front one was loose so the thing was flapping it was moving about ah. an inch so every now and then it would go bang as it went back up again so two 10 mil bolts later job done Noise sorted gone. and we drove back and she put her foot down and the thing absolutely flies <laughs> it's incredible it is if it wasn't for the stench of horse gear from the boot it could be a new car yeah uh, so a, a big recommendation for Phil's Pajeros, if you have a Shogun or Pajero as they're known elsewhere, uh, he is the man, man for bits, man for fixing stuff. He has a we-can-fix-it attitude. It's brilliant. Yes. So hopefully that will be it for a while. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. She needs some luck now, with that car. Well, yes. Well, don't we all? <laughs> Quite frankly. So, a couple of weeks ago, we would have been talking about uh, the England ladies football team. So, England. I see no reason not to uh, talk about it now. Now, England. I'm not big on football. In fact, it's 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 not something I would normally watch. And I watched the last 10 minutes or so, and I'm glad I didn't watch the the previous match because I think the tension would have been too much. It um, gets a lot. Yeah, and and it was a fantastic result. No no two ways about it but and as I say I don't know much about football but the one thing I Mm. did notice is they played as a team and they use the word we a lot and they're not a bunch of egos which the men's team seem to be just a bunch of people Mm. that don't really work together they also get up straight away as soon as if they get tackled yes that's a massive thing you notice is they'll get get up running going yeah. not phased not trying to waste time not trying to cause anything just no. get up and carry on although the last 10 minutes they did waste time very well I thought but they then, did that was but quite then impressive. Germany had the ball and they didn't get it out of their half so it's not no. it wasn't um, it wasn't all down to them anyways a couple of quotes that I really like so Millie Bright is asked what does the manager Serena Wingham bring to England and she answered we have never been so together win lose or draw we stick together which I think mm. is just brilliant, brilliant saying. And then there was an article in the Financial Times, which is not a paper I read. I just happened to <laughs> find this on the socials uh, for a chap called Simon Cooper. And he said, when women replaced men in factories during the First World War, they formed their own factory teams and were enormously popular. Mm. And on Boxing Day 1920, Dick Kerr ladies beat St. Helens 4-0 in front of 53,000 paying spectators. This success terrified the Male Run Football Association, which soon forbade clubs from letting women use their pitches. That ban 
which completely destroyed the women's game, wasn't rescinded until 1971. That is mm. just despicable in my view. It's and, mad, uh, isn't it? So the last it time is. England won a championship, women weren't allowed to play. Yeah, this is crazy. Uh, absolutely crazy. And and well done them. And I, I sincerely hope that sponsorship starts flooding in towards women's football teams because it is much more enjoyable to watch they've also there's been a lot of awareness now about um when women's teams are on so men's teams saturday saturday afternoon evening sunday afternoon so really accessible for everyone no one's thinking about i've got to work the next day so i don't want to stay out late etc i think they had like a top league game of two women start a kickoff with seven o'clock on a Sunday night. Who's going to yes. go to yeah. watch that game? Fair enough, watch it on TV. If you're not going to go and watch that game that's then going to finish at 9pm, you're not going to get home till... Depends where you come from. Yes. Um, so that's yeah, definitely very true. A, a great awareness that yes. now actually they're being given better slots. They're getting a lot more bigger stadiums. Letting, well, what should have been happening that Arsenal like Arsenal women's team is playing in the same stadium as Arsenal men's team why wasn't that happening already that doesn't make sense anyway I've been told I'm too passionate about this I won't go into too much more what really impressed me though was the the crowd there was so many families enjoying it and Mm. that's how football should be and a lot of it is due to trouble in the 70s and 80s Um, but it should be more of a family family sport um, and coincidentally, I saw some of the uh, Formula W, which is the, the ladies' motor racing series, which was also very good. Lots of overtaking there. I don't know whether it's because it's a one-make championship, if you see what I mean. So the cars are very similar. So there's uh. closer racing than you would get with Formula 1. But it was a lot mm. more exciting. Much, much better. And won by, uh, won by Jamie Chadwick, who's British. Very dominant. Uh, leading. Yes, it's very good indeed. Now, from something good, something bad, Love Island, which I'm very pleased have <laughs> finished. But I'm wondering whether it is a Bond villain experiment. Because if you look at Moonraker, where um, he took all the, the well, what he viewed as the perfect people up into space to restart the human race mm-hmm. perfectly, is this what they're doing with Love Island? Well, I wouldn't say they're the most perfect people, if anything, they're far from well, it. They, well, they may be in somebody's view, maybe the yes. producer's view. And, and, and it's the same with the, the Bond villain, whose name escapes me. I think it's Bluefield, but I'm not entirely sure. No, it was Drax, wasn't it? It was Drax. Drax. Well, I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest, because it's ITV. Yes. So, well, ITV too. And they're the ones that do, made, um, not made, they're the ones that do TOWIE, that only oh, wears yeah. Essex. So if they are Bond, if any of the channels were going to be a Bond villain, it's ITV2. <laughs> you think that is, yeah, maybe it's operated by tracks. Yes. <laughs> and isn't um, Big Brother coming back to ITV? Oh my God, yes. ITV2. Bringing back Big Brother. Yep. I rest my case. You've nailed it. Yep. Moving on. The uh, Screaming Tomato sent me a photograph from Down Under. So it's his journey to work. And it's of um, Grumpy's Wolf Cafe. Ooh. Which looks what do they very sell nice. there? Um, well, I think it's seafood, judging by this logo on the front. And I can't quite see the menu. It's a little bit too blurry. But it does look like a seafood restaurant. Or it's completely mislogoed. 
But uh, yeah, that was quite nice to see. So mm. thank you, Screaming Tomato. Now, somehow or other, as I come across stuff on socials that I think might be interesting to talk about, uh, I came across the uh, car race from New York to Paris in 1908. Interesting. Now, yeah, there were there's several rounds of the early part of the 20th century. And I've got a book on it, which I've, I've been reading on the Peking to Paris, which is which is really interesting. It was for very, very rich people, obviously. Um, so this one, so six teams from four different countries, and they were going to drive from New York to Paris, uh, from Alaska to Russia, over the frozen Bering Strait. So they go across the ice between the countries. And bearing in mind, in 1908, you probably wouldn't bet on the car making it round the corner, let alone that distance. <laughs> so it is astonishing. So they started in the dead of winter, uh, no windscreens or roof on the cars, and uh, yeah, That's mad. and some places there weren't any roads, so they just made their own. Obviously, no sat nav, so navigated by the stars. So no water, no like, how did they get across the water? Oh, the water? No, it's frozen, so they drove across. They drove across the ocean? Yes, but it's a very small gap between Alaska and Russia. Oh, the they Bering, went that way Bering around. Strait. Got yes, so, yes. Sorry, so in my head around. they were going yes. like the way we would fly these days. <laughs> yes, you would have thought that would have been the uh, the way to go. But um, no, they went the other way around, presumably because they couldn't really transport the, water. the cars. Mm. So American Team 1 took them five months which I think is pretty good going, actually. That's not bad, is it? Not that bad isn't at bad. all. So naturally there's stuff on Wikipedia, but I'm, I'm wondering if there's a book to be read here. Mm, yes. Anyway, have you got a top tip for us this week? I do. It's a lippy top tip, obviously. I had a bit of a... It's not embarrassing. It was funny. I, I specifically mentioned it so that it would be funny rather than people just thinking I was doing it by accident. But basically okay. my top tip is to read aloud in your own time away from other people maybe something that you have to read frequently a few times before you do it in an important meeting i quite agree yes because otherwise you get to the important meeting and instead of saying okr you say okrs and then i had to sit and make a joke about how i was trying to say it like okie dokie well you do that or you (laughs) carry on as if nothing had happened Everyone, everyone got a good laugh out of it let's say that yes, <laughs> to the point where sense. later in the day my manager sent me a message I said yep yeah, we'll do that next and she replied saying okie dokie <laughs> excellent good <laughs> has it stuck so, yeah it has actually yes and now I've been offered the chance to be an OKR coach which then I was discussing with my manager and said, I really need to learn how to say this properly now because I can't be sat there as an OKR. I'm doing all right now, OKR coach, saying OKR. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, that is a bit tricky, isn't it? Mm, yes. So yeah, read things aloud first. Top tip. No, I quite agree. I, and I do that obviously for the car show and mm. various bits where you're talking in public. Try and I tend to practice them in my head a lot rather than read it out loud yes in my head i do say okr though it just does that's not how my voice says it (laughs) okay now i heard a term a couple of weeks ago on another podcast called the curate's egg which is something i hadn't heard before and i wasn't sure what it meant but it means that something when something's good and bad at the same time Mm. 
Um, and I'm desperately trying to think of an example, but I can't. Baked beans? Yes, that's that's probably a good one. They They're taste tasty, good. They fill you up, but, but they do make you... They go through. Exactly. So actually, that's a very good one. So the term the curate's egg first appeared in a cartoon published in the satirical magazine Punch in 1895. And it showed a timid young curate at his bishop's breakfast table, too nervous to say that his egg is bad. So the right reverend host said, I'm afraid you've got a bag egg, Mr. Jones. But the curate said, oh no, my lord, I assure you, parts of it are excellent. <laughs> So it tends to be used in politeness sometimes when, mm. uh, yes, you've, you've been given an egg to eat, so that's good, but it's bad, so that's not so good. Not so good. Yeah, I like it. I like it, and I will try and use it in conversation, but I'm just not sure where or when. Mm. Yes. Anyway, if you've got to the end of this rambling and possibly poorly produced <laughs> podcast, <laughs> I'd like to remind you that the Cranley Lions Classic Car Show is on in Cranley at the showground. Mm. on Sunday the 14th and it is a lippy and grumpy extravaganza around the arena I'll be doing my usual bit of talking nonsense about cars you'll be keeping us on time I've got you a clock so that you can and uh, we'll be filling in as the continuity announcer so if you're something for all the family there not just mm-hmm. us rambling on. They're uh, great all fun. All sorts of stuff for kids, um, food and it's going to be a, a warm day possibly a little too warm but uh, hopefully not uh, so if you go to cranleylions.org, then all will be revealed. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.